For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations, every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And we are ready to punish all disobedience. Whenever your obedience is complete, you are looking at things as they are outwardly. Anyone is confident in himself that he is Christ, let him consider this again within himself. That just as he is Christ, so also are we. Somebody get fired up about that right there. You know what I'm saying? There ain't nothing better than a good hype video. We've been watching them for months as we've been ready for uh, college football to officially kick off. And we've been watching these videos that get us excited, get us pumped up. And uh, this past week, college football did kick off. And, and I love it. You guys that have been around here and you've called Peachtree Corners home for a while, you know how much I love football. And uh, this is my favorite time of the year. This is better than Christmas, right? I mean, this is like the best time of the year and I get so excited about football because it's a battle right I mean it's a battle there's 11 on 11 you line up head to head and you go at it snap after snap after snap and you got to see who comes out victorious and the thing about football that I love is this it's not always the best team that's going to win right that's Tennessee it's the most prepared team that's going to win the football game that's there. And so you've got to be prepared for the battle to be able to step into it and watch it. And so I, I love watching football. But here's the thing, right? As I'm watching football, I'm a 44-year-old large man that sits in a chair and envisions the fact that I can still do what those guys are doing. Right? I, I can't anymore. My knees won't allow it. My back won't allow it. Nothing on me will allow me to actually play football anymore. But I sit back and I watch it from the comfort of a chair in my house with a big gulp and a whole lot of food. And I watch this battle that's taking place. And I think, you know, somewhere in my mind that I might have something to do with the outcome. But here's what I know I don't. I have nothing to do with the outcome. I still yell at Kirby Smart and tell him what I think he ought to do. And, and my wife reminds me every single Saturday, you know he can't hear you, right? I mean, it's, nobody's listening to you except for me and the kids, and the kids are scared, right? They're under, the, they're under the sofa, they're scared for their life, and you're over there yelling and screaming and doing all of these things. It doesn't matter what I do from the comfort of my couch. It doesn't really affect the outcome of the game. But unfortunately, here's the deal. A lot of us do the Christian life that same way. A lot of us, we think that, you know what? Hey, we know it's a battle. We've heard it's a battle. We know that all of these different things are happening in the spiritual realm. And man, I don't understand all of that. I don't know about all that. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to watch from the seats. Right? I'm, I'm just going to be a fan in the stands, and then I got my big gulp and my hot dog, and I hope that everything's going to be just fine. The problem with that is that when God calls us into a relationship with him, he calls us to get into the battle. 
He's calling us to step into the battle that is there, and it's a battle that every single one of us need to face. And my hope and prayer as we walk through the month of September together is that all of us will, will understand the battle and that we will get into the battle. And we'll begin to fight the way that God has called us to fight because the battle is always in front of us. The first battle we're going to fight is the one that Satan doesn't want you to come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. So there's this battle for your life, a battle for your soul that's there. And and some of you in the room have taken that step, right? you've, You've fought that battle. You've given everything over to Jesus. And then you realize, hey, my flesh is still here. Right? There's still this constant battle kind of for my loyalty. It's this battle for whether I'm going to live for Christ or if I'm going to live for myself. And it's this battle that we keep facing inside of us. And ultimately, it's a battle for our love of what has attention and, and the affection of our heart. It's a battle that's constantly there. And today in 2 Corinthians 10, we're going to look at the first seven verses together this morning. And we're going to see how the, how the keys for us to be effective inside the battle are. We're going, to, we're going to see three keys this morning as we walk through this passage together that really are going to help us become effective in the battle that each one of us are called to fight. So let's look at what happens here in the battle within. Paul tells us this in 2 Corinthians 10, beginning in verse 1. He says, now I, Paul, myself urge you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, I who am meek when face to face with you, but bold toward you when absent. I ask that when I am present, I need not be bold with the confidence with which I propose to be courageous against some who regard us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We're destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And we're ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. You're looking at things as they are outwardly. And if anyone is confident in himself that he is Christ, let him consider this again within himself, that just as he is Christ, so also are we. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for the truth of your word this morning. Father, I pray that we would not only see the battle that is taking place, but Father, that we would be effective in the battle that's taking place. And Father, as we're going to see this morning, it is this battle within each one of us. And so, Lord, I pray that you would give us those keys, that we would be able to take them and apply them to our lives. And, Father, that we would see where we're making the mistakes. We would see where we're allowing the enemy to gain a foothold into our own lives. And, Father, that we would surrender that back to you and that you would receive the glory and the honor for it today. We love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Three things that I really want us to see. The first one is this, that we have to understand there's an awareness in the battle right? There's an awareness that happens here. We've got to be fully aware of the battle, 
Paul's going to tell us this. Look at verse 1 again with me here from 2 Corinthians 10. Paul says, now I, Paul, myself, urge you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, I who am meek when face to face with you, but bold towards you when absence. Here's what happened. Paul had been in Corinth. He had established this church that was happening there in Corinth, and he shared the truth of the gospel with them. Lives began to be changed. People were transformed, and, and, and great things were happening inside of this church. But there came a day when Paul had to move on and leave Corinth to go to the next town in which he would begin to establish a church and share the truth of the gospel. And when he would leave, there would be another group of people that would come in behind him. That They were the Judaizers in this instance. They were people that would say, hey, guess what? The guy that just came through here and started this thing, he only gave you half the truth. You don't know the whole truth. See, what happens is, yes, you can begin to believe in Jesus, but then you have to become a full-fledged Jew. You've got to do the, the circumcision thing. You've got to do the law thing. It's all about what you do. And, and so what happened was they would begin to turn some of those in Corinth away from what Paul had been teaching. And so then in order to do that, they would go against Paul's authority and they would say, listen, he doesn't know anything. He didn't do anything for you. And really what he did was false. I mean, look at this guy. Every time he writes you a letter, he does so with boldness. Man, he, he's like ripping the paint off the wall with some of the things that he's addressing to you. But that's not the way he is when he's face to face. He, he, he doesn't come across as much when he's a guy that's in your, you know, face to face with you and he's so meek and he's so gentle. And Paul, in response to what's going on, Paul goes, here's what I want you to know. I'm aware of what's happening. I'm aware of the battle that's taking place. I'm aware of the fact that these Judaizers have come in and they're trying to dismantle everything I've said and everything that I've done. They're trying to take the truth that I've taught you and they're trying to distort it in a way that moves you away from the gospel. And one of the things they're bringing up to you is the fact that when I'm apart from you, I'm very bold in my writing to you, yet when I'm with you, I'm very meek and we're trying to be face to face. Paul goes on to say this in verse two. He's like, let me respond to that for just a second. I ask that when I'm present, I need not be bold with you with the confidence with which I propose to be courageous against some who regard us as if we walked according to the flesh. Paul's going, listen, here's my heart. My heart is to understand that when we're face to face, I can do it with a meekness and a gentleness that comes from Christ. But if what needs to happen is there needs to be some courageous boldness that comes out of my mouth, here's what I want you to understand, I can do that too. My heart is that when I see you, I want to come to you out of meekness and gentleness and love. And I want to be there to guide you and to shepherd you. But if what it's going to take is for me to step in and do something about it, I want you to know I'm willing to do that as well. When I read this passage, I just have these memories of my childhood. Right? These, these memories of hearing my father's voice from the other room when we were up to something we shouldn't be doing. And my dad would always make that statement, you don't want me to come in there. As soon as dad would say that, I'd be like, we, we, don't, we don't want him to come in here, right? I mean, we, we really would rather dad not come in here because when dad comes in here, we're not going to see meek and gentle papa. We're going to see big, bad, angry bear. And, and when he bursts through the door, it's going to be bad because I'm going to be bursted on my bottom, 
right? I, mean, I know this is going to happen. And what Paul is saying here is, listen, I'm aware of everything that's happening. I, I'm not oblivious to the things that are going on. And I know what some expect is for me to respond by coming in all hot-headed and bold and saying things and shouting things. But Paul says, let me tell you something. That's not the way I could, I could approach it that, that, that way, but I'm not supposed to approach it that way. Look at verse 3. He says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. You see, what Paul was aware of was the fact that while these things are physically taking place in his life, it's not a physical battle, it's a spiritual battle. It's not a physical war that is taking place right now, it's a spiritual war that's taking place. And Paul was fully aware of that in this moment. And Paul goes, listen, you know what? The expectation is for me to come in there and start knocking heads because that's what the world tells us is how we are to wage war against each other. That man, we're supposed to come in and we're supposed to be bold and loud and boisterous. And he goes, listen, that's not what this is all about. When I come to you, I don't want to have to do that like the world does it. I want to be able to come to you out of meekness. And I want to be able to come to you out of gentleness because I don't fight the way that everybody else fights. You see, a lot of us have been going through some battles in our life. We've been going through some spiritual things that are happening right now in our life. But here's the problem. We only look at them as physical issues. And we think that the only way I can accomplish anything, the only way I can win this battle is by physically doing what everybody else tells me to do. Do you remember the story of David and Goliath? I love the story of David and Goliath. David's bringing lunch out to his brothers who are out on the battlefield, and the battle's going down, and yet nobody's fighting, but yet here comes this giant, right, this nine-foot dude that steps out and starts defying the armies of Israel and starts defying their God. And David is sitting there, and David goes, hold on a second. Does, does anybody else hear what this guy is saying? Who's going to go out and fight him? Nobody raises their hand, and David turns around and looks at Saul, and he says, I'll go get him. I'll go get him right now, and it's not based off of me. It's based off of the God that I serve, the God that I follow. But do you remember what happened? Saul took all of his armor and tried to put it on David. Saul was a big dude, right? I mean, he was, he was head and shoulders above everybody else. And so he took his armor and he put him on this kid that was going to go out and fight Goliath. And David's standing there in his armor going, I can't move in this, right? I can't do anything in this. I don't know how you expect me to fight in the middle of this when I can't even move. Listen to me this morning. When there is a battle that is taking place in the spiritual realm, the things of this earth will not help us. We make ourselves uncomfortable when we try to fight the way that this world fights. And what we have to do in response is realize that the battle is won on our knees. And we've got to be fully aware of everything that is going on around us and knowing that it's our God that is going to be able to step into the battle. He's going to be able to answer the things that are going on, and he's going to help us become victorious in the process. Paul says, listen, I know right now all these people are attacking me. My response in kind would be to go back and attack them. But here's what I know. They can attack me all they want, but they don't define who I am. I want you to sink in for just a second this morning. How do you respond when people begin to attack your character? 
when people begin to attack who you are. When someone says something about you at school that you know is not true, but yet these rumors are now beginning to stir up and they're beginning to spread around. Let me ask you, how do you respond? Meet me out back. Meet me on the playground. We're going to end this thing once and for all. I'm going to stand up and defend. I've got to tell you that I am right. You are wrong. See, I think that's the problem in the church world today is that we always have to go out there and act like we're right. Jesus didn't come and die on a cross so that we could be right. He came and died on a cross so that we could be loved. And we could walk through life with people, put our arms around them and show them who he is. Not show them that we're right, but show them that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by him. Are you fully aware of the battle? You see, we just simply respond without stopping to go, hold on a second. What's really going on here? Man, man, this whole thing is just a battle that's in the spiritual realm. Yeah, I'm seeing it in the physical realm. But my response is not going to be in tune with what this world would tell me to do. I'm not going to respond with anger and boldness and get in your face. I'm going to respond opposite of that. That's what Paul said. That's what I want to do. I want to respond in meekness and in gentleness and coming to you face to face and being able just to talk to you. I know what's going on. I'm fully aware of what's going on. But here's what I do. I don't, I don't have to retaliate in this moment. Paul said, if we're going to win the battle within, we've got to be aware of what's going on in the battle. Number two is this, that we got to get aggressive in the battle. Right? And so we're aware that the battle is there. Now comes the aggression. And everybody in here is going, yes, let's go get this thing. Right? Mount up. Let's go, let's go take them out. Let's do this. Paul says, yeah, it's time to get aggressive. But listen, let me tell you something. You don't get aggressive towards anybody else. You get aggressive towards yourself. You want to win the battle within? You've got to turn that aggression on yourself because the battle is fought and won between the six inches between your ears. The battle is fought and won in the mind. And the way that we overcome the things that are thrown at us in this world is that we have to understand that and we've got to get aggressive towards the way that we think. Look at what he says here, beginning in verse 4. He says, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And we're ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. Paul's saying, listen, man, these these are some aggressive words that Paul's talking about, right? We're, we're, We're destroying things. We're being destructive to things. We're taking things captive. This is as aggressive as you can possibly get. But he says, listen, here's what you gotta know. If you're gonna win this battle, you've gotta get aggressive with what's going on up here. Because what's happened is, over time, we've allowed different things to shape the way that we think. 
We've allowed different things that have happened to us. We've allowed different things that we've been through, different things that we've done to others to begin to form the way that we think inside of our minds. And in doing so, what we have done is we've built up strongholds. We've built up fortresses, right? We've built up, think Game of Thrones, castles, right, that are inside of our mind, and we think these things are impenetrable. It cannot get through. Nothing can get in. You remember Jericho? Right, Jericho had built up these cities. The walls were so fortified, nobody from their enemies could ever get inside. But then God, through Joshua, begins to go in and he says, all right, here's what we're going to do. And Joshua's like, give me the battle plan. And he said, we're going to march around this bad boy for a few days. And then on the last day, we're going to march around it seven times. You're going to break some pots. You're going to blow a trumpet. And all of a sudden, everything's going to be great. You're going to be victorious. Excuse me. Blow, crash, scream, walls. What happens is we build up these strongholds in our life. And listen to me, the only way the strongholds are going to come down is through the power of God's word, speaking truth and beginning to destroy the things that we have believed over the years. You know, our mind is a, is a funny thing. It, it really is because our mind can play some really weird tricks on you. For instance, if you start thinking about something, you start seeing that. And when you start seeing that, you start believing that, right? So let, let, let me put it to you this way. Several months back, my wife got the idea that she wanted a Jeep, right? And my father-in-law was getting ready to sell his Jeep, and she was like, hey, can we buy that Jeep? Well, I got to be honest with you. I have this picture in my mind of what a Jeep is and what a Jeep's supposed to look like, and it's not the smoothest ride on the planet, and nobody owns a Jeep. Well, let me tell you something. As soon as my wife started talking about Jeeps, do you know what I began to see everywhere that I went? Jeeps. You know why? Because my mind was thinking about a Jeep. And when I started thinking about a Jeep, everywhere I looked, I started seeing these Jeeps. And it was like, man, Jeeps may be the best thing we've ever had. We've got to have a Jeep. And we started looking into it, and we bought the Jeep from my father-in-law. And guess what? As soon as we bought that Jeep, guess what I see more and more and more of? I think everybody in Peachtree Corners drives a Jeep. Because every time I'm driving down the road, I must see like 25 to 30 different Jeeps and I'm like, man, Jeeps are everywhere. And so in my mind, I've built this decision that I have made, this belief that I have that not only are Jeeps the coolest thing in the world, the best thing in the world, but everybody has one. And the cool thing about having a Jeep is that you wave at each other, right? When, when you pass each other, you got you to gotta wave. Now, you got to do the cool wave. You got to do something. I'm the one that hangs out the window, right? And I'm like, what's up, Jeep? Gotcha. It's the coolest thing in the world. It's great when we think about Jeeps and what we get our mind to focus on and how we start seeing those everywhere we go and then we start believing something. But I want you to think about it and translate it over to what's going on inside of your home right now. I want you to transfer it over into what's going on inside your work right now. I want you to think about it in light of what's happening inside of your school right now. You hear a comment, you see something said, your spouse says something to you, which triggers in your mind, something must be true, 
right? You start thinking about it. You go, okay, well, obviously they're angry because they said this, or obviously my coworkers don't like me because when I walked in and three girls were standing around the coffee pot, all of a sudden they stopped talking. So obviously they were talking about me and obviously they don't like being around me. When we have a thought like that, that we allow to dwell inside of our head, here's what we begin to do. We begin to walk through life looking for that thought to be true. And as I'm looking for that thought to be true, guess what I'm going to see? I'm going to see two other ladies inside the office who went out that weekend, and they never invited me to go out with them as well. And so obviously it's just confirming what I thought that nobody likes me. The gossip thing that was happening inside of school, well, now all of a sudden everybody looks at me and they giggle. And so obviously all of that is true. And so here's what happens when we think something, we start seeing something. And then once we see it, then we start believing it. And listen to me, it becomes a stronghold inside of our mind. And it becomes something that we feel like, man, I'll never get past this. This is true. This is me. This defines me in this very moment. And what happens is that stronghold now has been built and we are in a prison inside of our minds. Paul says, listen to me. You do need to be aggressive inside the battle, but let me tell you, the aggression does not come out on other people. The aggression comes out on yourself as you begin to look inwardly at the different things that you have seen and you have begun to believe and that it becomes strongholds inside of your mind. Those are the things that we've got to destroy. Those are the lofty things. Anything that is against Christ has to be taken out. He said, every thought is to be taken captive. Everything that now begins to come into your head is to be taken captive to what? To what you think? No, to the obedience of Christ. To looking at his word, to looking at his truth, to looking at what he says, and I take it captive to that, and I go, if this is not from him, then I throw it out of my mind. But here's the problem of what most of us do. Somebody says something, somebody puts something on social media, somebody sends us an email, somebody catches us in the hall, somebody has a negative thought that they are saying towards us, and when they say it, here's what most of us do. We get so offended, and we get so upset by what is said, and listen, the only reason I know this to be true of you is because it is so true of me, that's what we dwell on. We dwell on the fact that somebody was upset about something. And listen, I don't know about you, but I have some crazy conversations with myself over that. And I talk it up and I talk it up and I think through it and I, I try to play out every scenario on which I could have handled that differently, how I could have done it better. And, you know, I, I, then, then I come back around and I'm like, well, you know what? I don't care what they say. They're silly anyway. I don't care. Nobody will believe them. Nobody wants to follow. I mean, you have all these conversations. Here's the problem. We let one offense hurt us 50 different times because we dwell on it, because we're focused on it, because it's what we want to see and because we've allowed it to become a stronghold inside of our life. And Paul says, listen, let me tell you right now, this battle that goes on inside of you, the only way that you're going to win it is if you get aggressive towards those thoughts that you have believed, towards those thoughts that you have built up brick by brick by brick and put up a stronghold in your mind 
that has to be destroyed. And until it is, you'll never experience victory. There's some of you sitting in this room today that just say, you know what, I'm just an addict. That's what I am. I struggle with an addiction to alcohol, to tobacco, to pornography. I have all of these different things that are inside of my life. And Jay, you just don't know. It's, it's kind of my upbringing. It's the home that I was in. It's the way that I was treated. It's the way that people at school did this. It's the way that people at work have done this. And I just can't overcome it. You know what that is this morning? That's a stronghold in your life. It's a false belief that you have put inside of your head and now that's a prison that you're living in and you just say it over and over every time you fall into a temptation, every time you get involved into something and you go, listen, that's just who I am. I will never overcome that. It's ingrained inside of me. What Paul is saying this morning is, listen very, very closely, it's not ingrained inside of you. It's a false belief that has come in and you've allowed it to stay You've allowed it to be something that you dwell upon, that you think about, and that it has become what defines you. But listen to me, that does not define you. You need to get aggressive to tear that down. And you say, well, Jay, I don't know that I can. How in the world can I? Well, Paul wraps this up in verse 7 by telling me, listen, that you've got authority inside this battle. If you are in Christ this morning, it is not a battle that you have to face alone. It is not a battle that you have to go toe-to-toe with the enemy because here's what happens is we think, okay, I can do this for a while, and maybe we experience some success. Maybe we go a few days. Maybe we go a few weeks. Maybe we go a few months, but then all of a sudden, we get wiped right back up into it. And we just start thinking, man, I can't believe I did that. that. Maybe it is true about me. Maybe I can't overcome it. Paul says, listen to me, if you are in Christ as we are in Christ. Here's what you need to understand, that you have an authority that belongs to him that you can overcome anything that is thrown at you. It's like you getting called out to a fight and as you walk out to the playground, the biggest dude in school is standing right there beside you. And he goes, I got this. See, it's not in yourself. It's not in your ability. It's in his ability. And his ability is this to tell us that, listen, greater is he that is in you than he that's in this world. Hey, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart because, listen, I have overcome the world. That doesn't define you. I define you. And the authority that we have in our lives to overcome this battle, the things that are happening, we have because of Jesus Christ himself. But the question is, are we still fighting the battle on our own? Are we trying to do this thing in a physical way when we need to realize the whole thing is spiritual? Are we getting angry at people around us when we need to be getting angry at ourselves? And do we really feel like we're worthless and we're useless and there's no way I can overcome because, man, I'm, I'm nobody. I'm nothing. No, with Christ, you're everything. When you have him, you have all you need. So let me ask you this morning, do you have a relationship with him? Because apart from that relationship with him, you'll never find victory in your life. And this morning, we'd love to give you that opportunity. In just a moment, we're going to 
sing a song. And as we're singing, here's the deal. If you need Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of your life, we're going to be standing in just a second. I'm just going to ask you to slide out and to walk to the back of the room. And there's going to be volunteers that are there. And when you see them, just simply look at them and say, hey, here's the deal. I I need Christ. I'm in desperate need of him. Because that's the only way that I can have victory in my life. Listen, the greatest thing the scripture tells us is that when we are seeking him, that we will find him. When we ask him to come in, that he will do that immediately and begin to transform your life. Do you have that relationship with him today? Maybe you do. And if you're here this morning, you have that relationship. Let me ask you something. What's, what's the lie that's been built up in your mind? What's the thing that you've allowed to become the prison that's keeping you inside? And maybe you've realized for the first time this morning that guess what? With the power and the authority of Jesus Christ himself, those things can be destroyed. Those things can be taken down. Those things can be demolished. And I'm not talking about piece by piece. I'm talking about all at once. Do you want to experience freedom this morning? Tell him that. God, this has become a stronghold to me. And God, I'm asking you, would you please just demolish this stronghold? Would you allow me to take every single thought that has ever thrown my way? Would I be able to take it captive to the truth of your word? because of who I am in you. Apart from you, I can do nothing, but Father, with you, I can be victorious. Are you ready to win the battle within? Then decide it starts today. Will you stand to your feet? Let's pray together. Father, we love you. (laughs) We're so thankful for the fact that you have come to bring us into a relationship with you, Lord, that you are all we need. You are more than enough. Lord, if there's anyone that needs to step out and say yes to you today, give them the strength and the courage to be able to do that. Father, for anyone that needs to just pray at this altar or kneel at their seat, and Father, just continue to see those strongholds demolished in their life. Father, I pray for deliverance today. And Father, we'll be so careful to give you the glory and the honor. We ask all of this in Jesus' name.